I am unashamed. What about you? I don't understand these people. They're like, so tomorrow I will continue filming our show. And the people who listen to the podcast, they actually helped the origin of it. And so they're like, oh, don't talk about it. I'm like, well, if we don't talk about it, how will people know that it's coming? That's right. I noticed you were like, so, I saw something, some post. It was like, it's, we got news coming. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's I've a been big at, announcement. People are like, what's the big announcement? Then they said, you can't tell anybody. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you, but if you, drive by, if you drive by the area in the next few weeks and see me with a metal detector out in someone's yard or perhaps a plowed field with a lot of cameramen following along you'll know that i might maybe a show yeah there may be a show but who knows it may not pan (laughs) out we can never say for sure well i know a lot of you have been asking and i've been holding off too about our podcast and about dad's show in the woods so i will have more to say about that hopefully by next week but i'm kind of under the same lockdown situation but we're um we are going forward Uh, obviously we're into a new study so we're excited about the future and hopefully we can give you some more one one point to make uh because it can pass them by and they'll miss it we showed them little snippets of what it takes to duck hunt wherever you are in these united states and one of the things people miss if, if they say they're wondering what what is in the woods with Phil. If they question that or say, well, what exactly is going on there? I've been in the woods (laughs) all week. I'm five o'clock in the morning. I'm in the woods. I don't think. (laughs) And, and it's till dinner around dinner time, 12 o'clock. We come out. I don't think people are wondering where you are. Phil, It's the perfect segue. (laughs) Cause your camera people, probably they all, you know, it's a small group. They went from in the woods with Phil to in the fields with Jace. That's right. That's what we named the name of the show. Yeah, right. right there. In the field. Look, yeah. one one of these. Uh, By the way, Jace, uh, you you want to you, you want to try to make this happen? Okay. We filmed that show. Have your people call his. We filmed in the woods with Phil for three years. Was it three years? Four years. Four years. It just Four went by years. so fast it seemed like somebody that. added it up and we did eight hundred episodes. I added it up. You get you stop ever stop everything and and here you go to the go into the woods. And, and and sometime I just said, Look, let me just sit on this sit in this chair. Sometimes it was in the chair with them. One yeah. thing came out of that that's worthy of note, and I want the audience to know that, the ones of you who watched in the woods, uh the people who who produced that the cameraman and all that I was with during all these episodes, 800 topics. Think about it. Eight to 12 minutes or so. So they were short episodes. Short episodes. Because I was I'm only doing 10. But they I wanted everybody, the, to, everybody a, to know. Jace, they were a vlog. In the business, we call that a vlog. The what, cameraman, what is a vlog? The a camera video guys, vlog. The camera guys, one seated right there, uh, the camera guys said when it all ended, I mean, as far as we know, we don't know what 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 come up, but and, and by the way, just to set that up, over the four years, we had different people because some people that were with us at the beginning were not with us at the end. They came with a thank you, and they said, "Robinson, we did all those episodes. Not once did we say, not once, 
let's do that again. Oh, Not once. In four years, they never said, I, I think if you had said it this, no, that's one. Two is at no time was there any, any, they said there was no friction at any time coming from you at all and among us. Not one bit of friction, not one bit of disagreement, none. Four years, that's a long time to do that kind of job. And there was well, not one crossword, know. not one temper tantrum. No, no four-letter no. words? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't you no. Think, but, Dad, don't you think all TV shows are like that? I would just say, <laughs> if you watch TV and Jay said, I wonder if I'd make it with a medical, metal, uh, medical, uh, a, a metal detector. <laughs> a medical detector. Wanna, I wonder if I can make it with that. Well, after watching all these shows that are on there, most of them, all you need, Jace, to make make it a show is make sure you got some chick jumping up and down their boobs. <laughs> I mean, after a while, you say, you know, are you going to have that? No, we don't have that. Jay, I'm what I'm saying, Jace, if, if for based on what's already on TV, you have a grand chance for this thing to go ballistic, son. That's right. Well, I think I'm in the. I think where I'm headed the right direction because I have the complete opposite. So I may jump up and down a couple of times. Yeah. But nobody so, wants to see that because then he can't breathe for the next, <laughs> he'll have no lines for the next five minutes because he can't speak anymore. So we'll see how it goes. But I wish I, you I'm well there, Jason, that, that endeavor. Uh, I know. mean, he actually is going to miss a few days of duck hunting to do oh, that. Now, Phil, uh, I know I'm not supposed to talk about this because I was like, <laughs> We're just breaking all norms. They today, said, aren't we? "Look, this this guy sent me a schedule. You know, it's Hollywood type, and here's why I know that. When I say Hollywood type, here's what I mean. He sent me a schedule, and I sent back and said, I think there's been a mistake because y'all actually have this starting during duck season. Good point. And he said, No, that's what you agreed. You agreed to that. Uh-oh. And I was like, What? <laughs> so, so evidently, why did I do that? I didn't look at the fine print, but yeah. and uh, I said, "Well, okay, that's fine," because I mean they already had it. I, right. I didn't want to upset the apple cart. And and uh, I'll say this about and, both of y'all is, which is a positive. You may be tough to get signed up, but once you're signed up, you're going to do what you said you were. Hey, gonna I'm do. a man of my word. You're a man of your word. And so we'll. I'll I have to. I, but you know why I thought any great venture. There has to be some sacrifice, so I'm actually sacrificing a few days. Well, you got to remember, Jace. Just remember, but you're not missing a lot. What your old dad, what he, what he ran into. You picked a good season. Year. Be careful with the Bible verses you quote, because I quoted one, oh and I and I got a I got a memo, and they mm-hmm. sent down there, and it said you have you have. We put you on an indefinite hiatus. <laughs> we did not fire you, Mister Robinson. When they came back to apologize later, they said we didn't fire you. You were on an indefinite hiatus. I said, yeah, I read that. So I looked up hiatus, and it says something to the effect, no longer part of the program. (laughs) 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 So they put the hiatus on me. All I did was quote one Bible verse. You came back, Phil, with 800 episodes. That's right. In the end. Yeah. And that says my company, mine and Zach's company, produced your show. I mean, I can say... You know, because at first we we were all together, kind of brainstorming. Here's what we're going to do. But after you got the hang of it, the reason why there was no friction is because it was just turn on the cameras and let you go, and you had always good things to say. So I know folks love the show, and 
Obviously, there will be some changes that are coming down the pike, and hopefully, I get. I'll, it to I'll give some updates as we go along, and we'll we'll see how it goes. Because so. you're right, Jason. The unashamed nation is the reason that you, there would be a treasure hunting show or whatever it's being called. Yeah, metal touch show. Because you said if if y'all say it's a bad idea, I'm not going to do it. And you well, were, you were 100 sincere. I think they don't want me talking about it because they don't want people saying when's it coming out and when. I have no idea. It may be weeks, months. So this will give you good incentive to stay alive. Stay tuned. But we're going to film it. And I figure, I know these, I've got these people figured out pretty good. If they spend some money to the film, film thing, they're going at to show some somewhere. point, it's coming out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the people don't like to film stuff and then just hang on to it because nobody yeah, can make yeah. any money out so of we'll it. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, I'll begin. I will say this. There's three of the godliest men I know will be on the show, Silas, yep. Murray Crow, I converted him about I'm 30, he's getting left out here. 30, 30 something okay. years ago. <laughs> and Who's you, the other? Kyle, are you going to be part I'm of I'm not part of Old Jeppico. Okay. That's three. Murray. <laughs> yeah. And Murray. <laughs> and Jay's, I guess, <laughs> I guess uh, you need to work he, on your godliness. Oh, there, and so. Cy, there's actually four of us. <laughs> yeah. The, who's the fourth one? Cy. Jace. Uh, what about me? Jace, Murray. Jeff. Yeah. Oh, and Jeff. Yes, that's yeah. the four. Yeah. They, they, you I was waiting good, to see who was not on the list. Is what it's I was a godly saying. crowd. <laughs> it is a godly crowd. And look, I've actually seen footage of, of, in the pilot, and it's excellent. I mean, I, fa- I found myself being as intrigued and liking it as much as I liked our old show. Jace, so. you're on the edge of a precipice. You're on the edge where Hollywood and the likes of you come together <laughs> with love in their heart. That's how close you are right now to making this show a success. Bringing Hollywood and the redneck world together with love. Well, here's my comment on that. Are you so are this, you going to wear that hat on the show? Al, look, we don't have Is a, this about medieval no, metal detail? There's no wardrobe person on our show. So that saves them money. Yep. It actually came up, and I said, "What about makeup? I hair, don't. What think, about hair? And no makeup? Just remember, no hair, and makeup, no wardrobe. I just said, remember, you know what I said? Had I been invited to be on your show, and you may still be, possible. I would have invited you. you may still if be. I thought you would. I would possibly. tactfully have said, "I don't think so. Let's let, let's let's wait till next." What time. about? Are you ruling out a guest okay. star though? Because do you, you want to be a guest? You could be a guest. I star. might can make that happen, but yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. Because I don't know where I I'm think at. You could bring but I thought I'd tell you this cute little story. So one of these, you meet all these new people, the producers and all this. And uh, You're talking about all the people that dad never knew their name? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. and I don't know this guy's name off the top of my head. Well, there you go. So The new Phil will be Jay's. So I, I call uh, people that I don't know their names. I call them, ask no name over there. <laughs> I'll say, I don't know his name, but I mean, just ask him. So I found this We had spot. a guy that worked for us for a year, and you called him. Though. I found this spot. We took this guy duck hunting, and he was like, my dad, you know, has some land over here. And one thing led to another. I was like, well, no, where's that at? And I thought it might have some historical lost items. So I went over there, looked around, and met his dad. And he was like, oh, yeah, great. So I told one of the producers, I was like, we're going to go hunt here so put that on the schedule and he's like what are we gonna find i said i don't know but it'll be good trust me they said well we'd like to go check it out because they wanted to see what it looked like so i gave them the coordinates i said drive over and look so just just in between our filming here he sent me a text and he said 
you were right. This place is rad. <laughs> it's what? Rad. R A D. Like the color red? Yeah. Oh, it's rad. rad. I looked up rad because I, I wasn't familiar with that term. Me it's short, short yeah. for radical. Yeah, it's yeah. radical. Radical. And I thought, that must be good. So I type. <laughs> Although, most of the time when I think of the word radical, it's not good, but. I think he meant positive. He seemed excited. So what I'm saying is, so then I said, okay. And he's like, well, I was thinking about this time we can meet here and, you know, we'll do it, whatever the schedule was. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. And then he sent back this, dig it. <laughs> dig it. Did yeah. he mean like digging the ground or was this? More... I have no idea what that meant. And I thought, who are these people? <laughs> Rad and dig it. But then it hit me. I thought. There was the name of the show. That's it. If I would have met this guy before, yep. we would have just named it Dig It. Dig It. What Dig do you think? Rad. I like it. I do too. I do too. Wasn't it's that, too late. Dad, wasn't it back in the 70s, wasn't that a saying? Dig It. Yeah. 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 I remember. I don't know what year. After talking to this guy, I think the 60s, 70s. I can dig lingo. it, baby. Yeah, I think it's coming back. I need to look that up. And see that so was. I thought you'd find that humorous that, uh, Somehow we'll try to find some magic between Hollywood and. Well, according to Dad, you're right on the precipice. Oh, it was a Beatles song. What was? Do you know there was a song? The Beatles sang a song called "Dig It." Oh my goodness, that could have been our theme song. Like a Rolling Stone, like the FBI. <laughs> Dig it. Dig it. Yeah, you know what they'd say? They'd say, "No, Jace, if you want the Beatles song, dig it." That's going to cost you $1.7 trillion. I went through a phase in my former life where the, 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 the standard was saying was, who's a man? Yeah. Always remember this. That, that will get you killed. Yeah. Yeah. Phil, a, a lot of my misery and things I've had to get over from my childhood and all came from me following that saying that you yeah. put in my head and brainwashed me. Oh, here's yeah. another one, Jay. You're like this. It was a... Uh, Booker T, who used to wrestle in the WWE, he he had he had the catchphrase "Can you dig it?" Yeah, and mm -hmm. so that he made it pretty famous. So too, anyway, so. I'll 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 try to get that in the show at some point. Dig it. I think Dad should be a, a guest on there. Let's take a break. So we've established the fact on Unashamed that Dad does not know much about cell phones or computers. That's it. He's decided to sit sit that era out, which is he can do that because he has some people around him that can do it. Hey, every 10 minutes this morning, what time you got? What time you got? <laughs> They're coming. What, what, what? Tell me what the black box says about this. Usually I'll flight. say what time it, well, well, well you, you know what time it is because in duck hunting, you have to come down to the exact minute when you can fire a shot and you have to stop. That's that, true. That's right. Which right. is right. another reason why you have to have one. Yeah. So obviously most of us in the world have to have one. And uh, one of the carriers that's a, uh, Sponsor of our podcast is a group called Patriot Mobile, and they sort of bill themselves as the only Christian conservative cell phone provider. And uh, I'm sure that's true uh, because most of the ones you know are not Christian or conservative at all. So they'd love for you guys to check them out. Uh, they have plans that fit any budget. They're U.S. based. They have a great customer support team, and they share a lot of our values of, of obviously our listeners. So if you want to check them out, uh, go to patriotmobile.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. You get free activation when you use the code Phil. 
Veterans and first responders also save even more. So they got great deals for our first responders. PatriotMobile.com slash Phil or call them at 972-PATRIOT. I think he could have a just a guest star. We'll see no, no. about that. We'll one. see how it goes, though. <laughs> uh, that's like, yep, yeah, nope. That's, I just I get one of those. He's like, hey, Phil, you want to go to this place? Yep, nope. <laughs> I mean, it's, no, we can talk like is I'm it pre-duck do. season or post-duck season. But it's during duck season. Nothing. Well, you got to remember. <laughs> well, they may not all be during. Duck Phil, season. you got to remember. I'm gonna. Uh, I'll take some inspiration. You know, you wrote a book called Uncancelled. It's right and here, Dad. What I want you to know is glad you mentioned it. Is that if I get into the February eighth and uh and the opposite of your book happens, I'm not gonna, you know, lay my head on my pillow and just cancel, remember get it canceled. Just remember Jesus has already canceled the written code on our behalf. That's right. And I'm thankful that he did. And so you don't have to worry about being canceled in the culture. And the people that pass judgment on others, they're not they're not Christians but they pass judgment on others and they do the same thing they're passing judgment on. Right. So they're guilty as charged. Well, my point, big old dose of forgiveness. We could probably yeah. move past the law. That's problem. what the new book's about. It is. Yeah. And by the way, talkshoplive.com, you can still go there to get a signed copy. So you might want to check that out. Well, my point is I'm not putting in my priorities of life. Uh, a TV show is pretty far down the list. So, uh, and we have a, you mentioned the the four guys that were on it. We got together before the we did the pilot and decided that our mantra would be, "If God is for this, it'll be successful." Which was the same mantra for Duck yeah. Dynasty. Of course, I said, Duck Dynasty. if not, we're not. I said these people it. don't want to see a bunch of rednecks hunting ducks. They don't want to see that. I said I don't think it'd work. I said, however, if God is behind it, it'll go ballistic. As it happened, it went ballistic. Yeah, so, but who thought you were going to be doing a show where we really weren't hunting ducks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but you know, the natural, now the natural progression has been amazing because, you know, first there was a duck commander because without that, there's no business. There's no reason people would want to watch anything anyway. Then there was a bunch of hunting videos. Then there was this show, which really yeah. wasn't about hunting, but was about us. And then people say, well, I don't know. I need to check these guys out. And guess what? Now millions of people listen to Unashamed Podcast and In the Woods and all these others, and they find out what we're really all about. Well, which is That's which right. not I mean, about it, us, is you know? what I'm saying. The, the sparks that we have and joy comes from the Lord above. That's right. And that's what's driving the train. Yep. Yep. And that's why, by the way, to get into start into our First Corinthians study, the, the big problem they were having that we mentioned last time was that they were putting the people who had taught them or baptized them or led them to Christ above Christ. They were saying, well, I follow Paul. But, you know, we'll, we're going to talk a little bit about the context of Corinth, Jace, because I want you to tell your experiences. You're the only one of the three of us that have actually walked on the streets of ancient Corinth. I was there and pretty recently. Right. So I, I want to hear that. But one of the things I'll based on what you read in first and second Corinthians, how did that come together? You're looking at it now. Well, where this went down. Now, wait a minute. Let me ask you this. Is there a modern Corinth, like modern Athens and then the older part of it? (laughs) Not really. Okay. I I mean, they're they're at Corinth. 
It was more about people visiting to see ancient the, corn. To see the ruins, okay. It, it wasn't. They I don't mean, have like a modern time. Like, I mean, you got to remember, I said there's, you, you have Athens, which is 50-something 50, 50 miles to the east of did, Corinth. Did you see the old bathhouses or, oh, yeah. or ruins? Oh, I walked ruins? in them. I mean, yeah, I, I walked through them. And it seemed small. Yeah. Now, where Paul was led out on the path, because a lot of it ha has been, you know, they've come in there and they've dug and the sediment has come up. But the original path just through the middle of the the city there, you're what you, I was walking the same path he did. And I mean, it, they and, kept that. And being where it is on the where the Mediterranean Sea, the Aegean mm -hmm. Sea, what is it? Where where is Corinth? Yeah, uh, it's right there, and there's it's called the Isthmus. It's a little little bitty piece of land in between two bodies of water. Yeah, the Isthmus. The it's Ithmus. like four miles long, which made it a port and, city. Because yeah. instead of them driving around, because the weather's kind of like the Gulf of Mexico in September and October, it's stormy. Yeah, and so 60, not only sixty five miles to drive it. Yeah, Between but I think Corinth the actual uh, corridor. Oh, you mean yeah to Athens? We and, well, and then you have Sparta, which is eighty something miles to the south. Which those get way more press in Hollywood. I mean, how many movies have you seen? Sparta. Well, a lot of these people who were introduced to Jesus during this period of time would it be safe to say a lot of them are coming in off these ships? They've been at sea for quite a while, and this kind of like. Uh, Here's a port city and all the, but you know, Jay's mentioned how volatile it is. All there. the hoopla that you come, know what they were doing, Dad. They they would come in there to where Corinth is, yeah, and then they would pay to have their ships go carried across land to get to the next body of water because it was less dangerous than if they sailed around it. So it shows you how volatile that. But it also tells you why when you I tell you what going there did for me when I. They have a little bitty bridge going across that isthmus. I mean, because the thing's four miles long, the little canal, but it's like 70 feet wide. I mean, you remember some ship got hung up in it. Oh, yeah, that just <laughs> happened. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I can't remember. But it's way down. I mean, if you dropped a penny, it'd take an hour to fall. I mean, you're way up above it, and you're looking down at the boat traffic. But what it told me is that when he said this, in Paul's letter in 1 Corinthians 1, 2, when it said, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy together, and here's the part that stood out, with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, because this place, there were people literally from across the entire half the globe right yeah. pulling in there i mean yeah. this was the spot yeah and i think even in the way he started off saying because because most churches they tend to get inward focused about all the various problems or whatever but i i love how he reminds right out the gate yeah you were called you were sanctified in christ jesus but it remember the big picture here together with all who call on the name of the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. So the, so the gospel is spreading, beginning in, as Jesus said, mm -hmm. beginning in Jerusalem. Are you going to set the kingdom? It's not for you to know the times and dates then. But 
but this you'll be my witness beginning here in Jerusalem to Judea, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Well, this was the part of that push right. that 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 Christianity was going worldwide. Well, you know what's interesting about the that? world was a lot population wide. The United Nations, I read a deal on them, they uh, guessed it as being about 125 million people on the earth when Jesus was here, mm-hmm. which is small. Right. And uh, I mean, the population was like flatlined for several thousand years. Well, and, when you and, think about all the world dominators, the world was not any 7.2 billion all the at wor- all. All the world dominators, when you look, if you just draw a line around those four empires, yeah, they were all pretty close proximity. You know, they're not very far. They weren't going very far away. That's right. At that point in time, what's interesting about the city was that the city that Jay saw was the Greek city that was originally there. The Romans had burned it to the ground, mm-hmm. you know, and so and then a hundred years goes by, and of all people, in Jew- order to conquer it, well, no, it, it well, it, they burned it down to conquer it. That's right. Well, so, yeah, but then the, conquered the, and destroyed, and then but they didn't do anything there for a hundred years. So it's from one forty six to forty six BC, the Romans just let it sit there, just a burnt ruin, and then Caesar, Julius Caesar is the one that built what Jace walked around on in 46 BC. So 46 years before Christ. Huh. And the reason and the reason he built it then so it was really a Roman city. I mean it's in Greece, but the Romans built it and then all the people he with the population were were Roman citizens. I mean they were a lot of veterans and freedmen and all this, but that thing built up to 400,000 as Jay said then you had all the influx of people from around the known world. Yeah. But it started mm-hmm. out uniquely Roman, which I thought was interesting. But I was just hang say- on, Jason, let's take a break. So we have homeowners insurance for a good reason, because without it, a fire, flood, burglary, any of these things could destroy us financially. But there's another major crime your homeowner's policy does not cover, and that's called home title fraud. And once again, Dad, this is one of those internet reasons you don't like to do it, because there are cyber thieves. They get online and they go and they find your title that's out there in cyberspace. And then they claim they bought your house. They go against your equity. They claim they own it. And then they steal your money. So it's it's a terrible Man. crime. It happens to a lot of people, unfortunately. So what Home Title Lock, which is one of our sponsors, what they do is they put a barrier around your home's title. That way, if anybody tries to come in and steal it, they're going to let you know, and they're also going to keep them from doing it. So here's what you want to do. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address, and make sure you're not already a victim. Enter the code RADIO, and you're going to get a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. Check them out. I was just saying you could see, I mean, you got port cities and then you got this. I mean, you, you're talking about a shortcut. You, you, I don't know how much time I'm sure you could read it up in a history book somewhere, but I mean, you just go through this little canal. It's, it's saving you back in that time, weeks and months. And like I said, it was volatile there anyway. You know, there were a lot of shipwrecks, but you, when you think about Greece, you got Athens, which is where we, that was our home base there. I mean, you got 6 million people there now. But it it had the, you know, Athena, which is, I mean, there's the money they put in there to try to restore that and all. So that was more about the goddess of the mind. And then you had Corinth, 
which had the statue of Aphrodite, and we went up there where this. I didn't go all the way to the top because it was a little wet, and they, words, they said people died just walking to the you're top. You're saying <laughs> straight false, up, false gods were the norm there. Yeah, well, that's what they were known for, but it was the goddess of the body. So that's why when you, I, I just out of curiosity looked up how many times body was mentioned in First Corinthians. Over sixty times, wow. and he had that. You know, when he gets First Corinthians twelve, and he has that illustration about. The same principle I'm saying here in verse 2 about everybody is part of the one body, no matter where you're from, where you've been. He even says that in 12 where it says, uh, what does it say? We're all given the same spirit to drink. drink. Yeah. Uh, whether you're, what's that? 1 Corinthians 12 and verse, whether you're Jew or Greek, slave or free, that's 12, 13. And then he gives that illustration of the body. Because you got to remember, Corinth was built on, I mean, what Aphrodite, of course, had the thousand prostitutes that were somehow sacred. And by the way, the same Romans just called it Venus, but it's the same idea. It's about the body and, of course, sexuality was kind of, oh, became, yeah. that became their worship. <laughs> yeah. And so, the, but, but you think about the three cities, and I think the more I read about the history and I was over there, I mean, a lot of it had to do with the, you know, Corinth getting such a bad rap as just a vile play. Of course, if you're celebrating the body and how to please it, well, there's a lot of mischief you're fixing to get into. No wonder you got a thousand. And you got a lot of sailors there. coming and going. So but it, the propaganda coming from Sparta here, who's supposed to be the military capital of the world. I mean, they're using infanticide to grow up the, the greatest warriors ever. They're trying to sculpt the greatest modern warrior. And then you got over here, Athena is where you're getting all your poets and, yeah, and philosophers. And all, yeah, because yeah. they're, they're the mind. It's all about the mind. So you it, got all this working. Jason, more you talk, it sounds like now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not so, much has changed. Nope. But it's not, it's not shocking to see, I think why you see the thing come up in First uh, Corinthians five about which it's very, I mean we're going to get to it I guess, but you're like who does this? You know they they he, he, when he said it's reported that there's a sexual immorality among you and of a kind that does not even occur among the pagans. A man has his father's wife, and so you're like doing the math on that, saying do what. But when you hear all this in their history of Greece and even trying to come up with the best warrior or to have the perfect body, well, a lot of them are thinking, well, the best is right here in our family. And that was what was driving them to try to, yeah. you know, to bring pleasure or to be the best or the, the strongest. Or So uh, I don't know, just going over there kind of helped me relate with some of this that you read. You remember in 1 Corinthians 9 when he said going into the strict training? Because, I mean, that's where we get our modern-day Olympics. Right. Is This was the birthplace of it. They I call mean, it the Ithmus Games, which, yeah. you know, so they were having all this competition, which he which he talks about it, right. Mm -hmm. And there's of, yeah, and there's another illustration in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 about the body and making it your slave so that after you've you know, shared Jesus with others, you won't be disqualified. So that was their, one of the biggest underlying problems they had was this 
what do you do with your body? I mean, that's why when he got to the the sexual immorality passage in uh, in chapter six, is that First Corinthians six or Second Corinthians, Corinthians six? You know, he said he made that statement: all other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. You're like, I mean, why is he talking about that? Well, they were known for having a thousand sacred prostitutes. I mean, it was an issue. Right. And I think so, you're right. I think that's why the underlying theme is so much about the the intellect and the body and then the disconnect because mm-hmm. that's what they were doing. The, the Greeks were saying, and then the Romans followed, well, in our minds, you know, because that's really where everything's happening. We're all intellectuals and it's all these ideas. But the body really is, there's nothing to it anyway. It's just part of the, you know, it's part of where we live, and so whatever so you do with your body, doesn't celibacy matter. was kind of out of a, out of. A, well, and why would you? I mean, was the, yeah, that was the point? Yeah, yeah. You know, because they had had this disconnect there, and we see it happen later in John, some of his writings, whenever Christians were embracing this mindset that Jesus really didn't come in a body because bodies are bad. I mean, the Greeks right. have been saying that for years. Yeah. So you get that idea, and so I think when we get to First Corinthians fifteen, Paul gives out the very best you know chapter in the whole bible about an understanding the resurrection yep. its connection to the body yep. and how oh i agree it. that's why i brought up the first corinthians 12 first he made it as an illustration about we're in this thing together right because they're all competing he, he compares each the other. body to a community yep. right, right and then 15 he gets and and says you know you I mean, this is not a quote, but the underlying theme is, oh, you think you're proud of your body? Well, there's a way to get a new one that's imperishable, that's glorified, right. Right. Oh, sown yeah. in uh, weakness, raised in power, yep. a spiritual body. Yep. And they're like, mind, think about mind it. blown. <laughs> you know, if you think about it, that's the only thing that worked then, and it's the only thing that works now. Uh, that's true. Well, nothing has changed. That's true because people are still trying to hang on to youth. Their His body. question was, he said, he said, so if it's preached as a resurrection, how come some of you say there's no resurrection? Right. Then it goes through this long list. If there's no resurrection, you're still dead in your sin. We're to be pitied. Remember the line that Smith used to use? Your body is changed, not exchanged. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people think it's exchanged. Let's yeah, take that's a, pretty cool. Let's take another break. So we got a brand new uh, sponsor called Groove Life, Ooh. and uh, and I love. So they sent us a couple of things. One is for me, especially because you and Dad don't wear Jay's wedding rings for whatever reason, but I do. And but I so, tell everyone about my wife immediately. <laughs> maybe maybe you're not have to worry about people thinking you're not off limits, you know, just because the way you look. So maybe that's yeah. what it is. But this one, the thing that makes this unique, it's got grooves underneath it, so it's mm-hmm. breathable. Because I've had some before that are made out of silicone, but this one is way more comfortable, so it's a great product. And they also mm-hmm. have belts, yeah. which, Jace, you're wearing. I'm wearing one. It and, fit me. And look, they come off, and they're super easy. You just pop them off. They're magnetic. And yeah. you adjust them. Great idea. It's fantastic. So uh, Terrible for metal detecting, because I'm probably never going to find that. I find a lot of buckles <laughs> in the metal. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, you won't need to, because you're wearing it. Yeah. Uh, so very comfortable, uh, the ring and the belt. The belt, you never have to adjust. Uh, they called uh, the uh, the world's baddest buckles, what they call this one. Very tough. Jace, you're going to love this. They have a set us in a lifetime warranty. They have a 94-year no BS warranty. That's what they call theirs. Okay. 
94 years. That's I like my, the, kind of, nine, my kind of people there. Years. It said cut it, stretch it, lose it, break it. No problem. I Blue guess after 94, person. you can go without a belt. <laughs> That's right. Well, look, this Uh-oh. is this is approximately one year old. Yeah. Look. And oh, wore out. Look at that. Phil, you need one of these. Oh, we got him one. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Dad. Hey. Okay, we're Keep good. Keep it too. going, boys. All right, so you got the the Groove Life warranty. There's no risk. Uh, right now, if you go to GrooveLife.com slash Phil, use the promo code Unashamed, you're going to get 10% off your order. So you're saving some money already. GrooveLife.com slash Phil, promo code Unashamed. It's what we wear. Yeah, I jotted this down. This was a quote I saw from some historian over there. But it said the idea of the Corinthian was, and, and this time, the reckless development of the individual, the yeah. man of pleasure surrendering himself to every lust, the athlete steeled to every bodily exercise and proud of his physical strength, yeah. the man who recognized no superior and no law but its own desires. Well, that tells me that it uh, seems like when you read 1 Corinthians, uh, that's the answer to today's seemingly obsessive obsessive behavior toward body beautiful and let her rip when it comes to sex. Yeah, it's the same, it's the same mindset that's been around for a long time. What, which, uh, so we talked about Acts 18 leading into this. Uh, y'all mentioned last time about Sosthenes, which I think it has to be the same guy that yeah. you read about in Acts 18, because you know he was he came from. So so the scenario. Think about when Paul goes into the city. Obviously, the city is mostly Greek, and the city or Gentile, and the city is is pretty you know indifferent towards Christianity. But Judaism is there because there's a synagogue. So Paul does the same thing he always does. He starts there because he has the most in common with the Jews. Well, mm-hmm. he gets into it. He's trying, and a few of them are converted, including I think Sosthenes. It doesn't say that in Acts 18, but obviously he's around here. And when well, you, you would think. I mean, the only way you make it work is if he had a transformation because he was actually right. in opposition. At, That's right. At first, but they were like, "Well, I read like what the scholars." Said well, I'm saying it's a different guy because it's a common name. Half of them said it was same guy. The other half didn't. <laughs> so, you know, who knows? Who knows? But it, it, it seems kind of weird that I, I just think when the Bible, I mean, you have this Acts 18, he's in Corinth. Yeah. He runs a But uh, think about though, Jay. Guy. So the Jews, what they did was they went to the Gentile authorities and said, you got to do something about this guy. He's in here teaching the wrong stuff. And so the guy... Who's the like the you know guy over all the you know political control? He's like, why do I care about your religious issues? And so he just kicks them out. Well, when he kicks them out, they beat the fire out of Sosthenes, mm-hmm. which tells me he probably that was a pathway to Christianity because things weren't going well with the Jews anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they had just beat the fire out of him. So he probably thought, you know, maybe I need to listen again, Paul, to what you had to say. But so that's the setup, and now you've got Christianity that has both Gentile and Jewish converts in it, which I think is one of the reasons why they had so many problems, but it's also one of the most beautiful pictures you get in the first century of what the gospel was all about to bring people together, you know, which is, well, right. I mean, they, I've actually said, you know, it's pretty embarrassing to have to be reminded a church and it, 
turned into a letter in the Bible. You had to be reminded of the gospel. Yeah. It's pretty embarrassing. It's embarrassing. But it's a lot better than the Galatians, who he basically said the guy who's talking to y'all, you know, let him be eternally condemned. And because he they were trying to add circumcision right. to the gospel. And right. they were basically making it more about being a Jew than they were where he started with the Corinthians. That's why I think it's important when he said, call to be holy together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I just think that's a powerful moment for us all to remember. That's right. Because we get so attached to wherever we're from and what our traditions are and what we like and what, and you look up and you've forgotten the whole reason we're here. The gospel of Jesus is not in focus. Right. And that's not our mission in our everyday life. And how many churches out there are having all these little fights and becoming inward focused over a number of yeah, things. This, and, this one body spreads to the Chinese. It spreads to the Africans. Exactly. It spreads, but I think and then, it's, and it's, what happens when you get your focus off Jesus? Then immorality starts running rampant in the church, yeah. just like here. Yeah. Same thing. Which People, is which is why he deals with that issue first. Their disunity came because they were distracted. They got away from Jesus being Lord to making these men their Lord. Yeah. So that became the distraction. I find it interesting though. It's, it's worth noting that. You know, you think about it, we, we know because we've studied first and second Corinthians, so we know about all their problems. Because the Corinthian church had a lot of issues. But I thought they're no different than any other church. We're not, we all have issues. Yep. Yeah. But he addresses them, as Jay said, sanctified and holy. Mm-hmm. And I looked up the Greek word, hagios, for sanctified. Here's what it means set apart, legitimate, acceptable, sacred, and purified from sin. So that's the way he starts the discussion. So you got problems? Yeah. And he even has to remind them of the gospel. But he addresses them as legit. Yeah. It's and, bigger than Corinth. Yeah. It's it's bigger than Corinth. That's right. But, and but he, that's a great lesson yeah. for us because we tend mm-hmm. to look at people having mistakes and errors and say, well, I don't know about these people. I'm and For sure, I don't want to call them set we're apart ba- and holy. We're, I mean, back, we're right. back on the cancel culture. That's it. We want to cancel Yep. And, that's, and that's what that's the reason I wrote that book right there. That's exactly right. But he just, also said that he used the phrase twice there. He said, We're called to be holy. You know, God calls us through the gospel. But then it also says, And with those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the personal relationship aspect of this, I think, is important. Because I feel like that's it. What's What's different about what we do as followers of Jesus is we didn't just learn about Jesus. We had this moment of worship in our lives where we declared and called out to the actual Lord Jesus in his name. I mean, we, we had a, when you think about all the different programs out there that tries to get people's life better and I'm not knocking them. We need, we need all the help we can get. But what's different, what we have in Jesus is this, we're not just saying we follow Jesus, or we're not doing it so we'll get some reward. We're calling out heart and soul as in you're real and I'm worshiping you. I mean, you just think if you put something in your life and said, I worship this, what does that mean? Well, you think about it, you're meditating about it, you're trying to find out what you can do to please him and 
Worship and is your a, behavior is geared to it. Exactly. Well, and also this another thing gets lost sometime over time. You know, it's not as as uh, important to people today as it was back in then in your declarations. Because if you mm-hmm. were to say, "Well, who do you follow? What gods do you follow?" Well, I follow this guy, that guy, this guy. That's how they made their declaration of who they gave their allegiance to. Of course, in the Greek world, in the Roman world, that's all sorts of stuff. I I, I follow Athena. I follow Aphrodite. I but, follow but do they actually follow them, or do they just go up where it's located and that's right. look at it? And yeah. how dedicated it, are they? It's like the social media illustration I had. You know, when you look and say, oh, someone's following me. Yeah, not far. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know where you're at right now. <laughs> you know. Let's take our last break. That's why I think when you tie in what he said in verse 9, where he said he brings that up, God who has called you into fellowship with his son. I mean, God calls us. When, you, when that's a reality in your life that he actually calls you, he is having a conversation with you, and you're responding by calling on the you name of the Lord, name. Lord Jesus. He then, he, he, Paul dubbed it as he called you into fellowship with his son. He talked about the faithfulness of God and the fellowship with Jesus. Back up one verse, though, Jason. I want to read Romans uh, 10, but first I want to read that verse 8. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is what Paul told the Romans. Think about it in terms of proclaiming him and then at the end. The word is near you. It is in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, that idea of calling on him, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, and here's the tie-in, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. And I love that with the idea of tying it in here. He said, you will be blameless. So you think about this, the power of Jesus and the message of the cross is so powerful. Not only does it remove the impact of sin, but the shame of sin. There is nothing in the world that can yep. deal with shame. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, but this can. I mean, this yeah. is because most people point. are ashamed of things they've done. You can regret a lot of things, but when Jesus said, I take away the shame, so and you're the context us. is mm-hmm. when you're born again. Right. He, he gives you a starting over point. <laughs> starting over. That's right. And this one, blameless. You'll be blameless. That's exactly right. By making him Lord, which yep. also means it's totally exclusive because if Jesus is the only name, then no other name yep. can provide salvation. So yep. you can't go to any sort of false, you know, pass to get there to this yep. point, which is powerful, right? Great point. Yeah, it, exactly. But it's the same thing. I mean, I had a weird conversation one time on a golf course. This guy was like, he had a bad shot, and he hollered out Jesus, but in a in a way that wasn't like calling on him yep. for salvation. Just like he was just like Jesus. And I said, you know, I worship him. And he kind of looked at me, and it was awkward. I made it awkward, but I just thought, you know, he's he's calling. Here's a person almost doing this. He's calling on the name of Jesus, but he doesn't believe he's real, which that we got into that conversation. And uh, 
he was like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, he was apologizing because he thought he offended me. I was like, no, you didn't offend me. What I, I'm, I'm bringing it up because I wouldn't want you to offend him. I believe he's real. <laughs> and if he's and the real, last person you want to offend is him. Well, that so I launched into the resurrection. He's all knowing, and I believe he's watching us right now. I said it's just something to. I mean, you brought it up because he was getting a little bit like, well, why are you bringing it up? I was like, no, you brought him up, but I worship him, and so it got awkward. Since we're and, talking about the name, let me just tell you because I just think you know, you're this close to experiencing a purpose and where you came from and a way off the planet and the power and that he provides yet so far. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what he's trying to say here because they definitely had so many problems. I mean, when you're hung up on who baptizes you, you're thinking, well, what did they tell you pre-baptism? Yeah. If you're, if there's not a connection with Jesus, well, you're just, taking a bath or just getting dunked under the water. But I think it's pretty amazing that he starts like he does most of his letters by saying, I always thank God for you. And which you think about all the headaches and heartaches that he has about the people at the church in Corinth. You think our mindset sometimes will be like, Oh, these people are the worst. You know, I got to go deal with this, this, or this, but he has an attitude of gratitude. And I, I want to tell this story. My, the the person that books Lisa and I, our booking agent, she's from Nashville. And she was where she lives is where all those storms just came across. She was in a house and it looked like we were talking about manufactured housing. It was like a manufactured house, but they'd been in it for 25 years, but it was, it was on a foundation. And she said, when that thing comes through, it's three o'clock in the morning. Of course, I'm terrified of tornadoes. I mean, that's the one thing I don't mess around with. They get in their house, and she said they were both standing in the door frame, and they were holding on the door frame because apparently that's, the, I guess, the strongest point in there. There's no basement. And she said the house lifted and moved, moved about 10 hmm. feet. And they're praying and, you know, just, okay, Lord, if this is it, you know, we're ready to come to you, but if not, you know. And so that thing then just drops down. Of course, it just, so it's moved 10 foot. Well, when they go to go out the front door and the back door, you can't open the door. They're all jammed up from the, you know, coming off the foundation. Yeah. So they look in one of the, and they're, you know, they've got to find a flashlight. There's no power. They hear and smell gas. It's leaking. We got to get out of here now. We're going to die. They get their dog. There's one broken window. And they go out the broken window. The next morning when the light comes up, they look. If they had gone out the front door or the back door, they said they would have been hurt because they're soft the foundation. There's stuff everywhere. I mean, they would have been hurt. The only safe path was the broken window. And what I love about this woman, Gloria is her name, is that her whole thing was about this terrifying incident. She said, I thank God every day for that broken window. And I thought, that's really Christianity in a nutshell. If you live your life in such a way that you can endure the worst thing in your life, but a broken window you can look at as a way to salvation. Yep. You know, it was really a powerful, interesting thought. But I thought, that's the way I want to live and mm -hmm. think that God provides always in any situation something well, in some way for us I to mean, get up. Jesus on a cross, which he highlights. I mean, just, I, I don't know how he could have highlighted any more in verse 18. I mean, he makes it like that is the view. You want to see where you're at in life? How do you view the cross? Right. You know, we know that that his broken body, which is what they were hung up with at court. It's just what they stressed in their culture. It was all about 
the body. God's broken body was on a cross, and, and he he's portraying that. That's that's the cracked window. That's right. That goes against everything they think. They were trying to make it. The last thing they would ever do is break it. That's right. For for something positive, they're trying to take care of it. Which, I mean, it would be hard for them to wrap their head around that. But I like it because he says we always thank God because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. And then he's like, you have been enriched in every way with your speaking and your knowledge because our testimony that Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you don't like any spiritual gift because we know they had you know, gifts given to them at the laying on of the apostles' hands. That's in 1 Corinthians 9.1. And then it says, as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed, he will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think he started there because when you think about God's grace being given, it's a gift. It's not something you can earn. That's right. And they were so puffed up and prideful about the gifts right. that they received when they didn't earn it. It was, and that's why I always make a big deal about you got to focus on the gift giver rather than the gifts. You you focus on the miracle worker than the miracle. Right. When you try to pursue that, then all of a sudden you think it's based on your effort or accomplishment. Well, and it really, when I read that, that word enrichment, it took me back to Matthew 19 to the rich young ruler. Remember, it's like everybody looked at this guy and said, he's the ultimate guy. And Jesus said, no, you need to sell, you need to give, and you need to follow me. And he walked away sadly. Why? Because riches, he was already had, he was enriched with what he thought he had needed. I've said in a mini counseling situation, I'm not a counselor, but I have the Holy Spirit, so I gave it a whirl. <laughs> but I've asked that question before. I said, you know, do you think if God worked a miracle in your life, you would follow him? And, of course, I've never heard anyone say no. That's right. And I said, look, I said, I don't think you would. And they're looking at me like ghastly. Oh, yeah, I would. I was like, well, he's giving you something greater right off the bat. His son, who can actually work miracles. He, he's your Lord. Right. You're in fellowship with him. That's actually way greater than one of the miracles he could do. I know. Yep. Let me read this last bit from 2 Corinthians, and we'll wrap it up. 2 Corinthians 6.10, because in this conversation, this was a repeat in the next letter. He Paul's describing himself. He says, I'm sorrowful yet always rejoicing. I'm poor, yet making many rich. I have nothing, and yet I possess everything. And I thought, man, that's there's your attitude right yep. there, which is what he told me. Powerful. All right, we'll come back. We'll pick it up next time. First Corinthians. Keep reading. Keep studying. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.